Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 36 called He is Exalted. You're going to face adversity in your Christian life. And God's going to use that adversity in your life to shape you and to instruct you and to teach you. And these are some of the hard lessons and they're some of the the most difficult pains that we can go through. Elihu talks to Job in 36.10 about that type of instruction. He says, God opens their ear to instruction and commands that they return from evil. He makes them, NIV, listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil. If they hear, and here's two possible responses to God's word, if they hear and serve him, so let's say that they got involved in complaining and sin and they're going the wrong direction, they shall end their days in prosperity, and this is what's gonna happen to Job, and their years and pleasures, everything will be restored back to him. But if they do not hear, what will happen? They shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, the Lord says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas comes up and betrays him with a kiss. They begin to take Jesus into custody. Uh, Peter pulls out his sword. He begins hacking away and he cuts the ear off of the servant of the high priest, I think Malchus, right? And Jesus says, put your sword in, your, in, your, in the sheath. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Don't you know I must drink this cup of suffering and the cup of of wrath, how else will the word of God be fulfilled? Now to Peter's credit, at least he tried to defend his Lord, amen? I'm not sure any of us would have been strong enough knowing what the numbers looked like, knowing, knowing there was hundreds of soldiers and Peter newly, uh, surely knew it was a death sentence to pull that sword out. But he did it anyway. He actually did what he said he was going to do. He said, Lord, I will die for you. And he was willing. But do you know what? If Jesus had not intervened and healed the ear right there, Peter would have died that night, most likely, you know, taking all the, just the human things into account, the odds. And then Peter never would have had his ministry. See, Sometimes we're heading down a road and there's inexplicable things that have happened to us and God is instructing us and if we keep moving away and entering into a more narrow, narrow place and keep adding link by link the chains of rebellion and turning our back on God, at some point that sword may end up killing you. You say, what does that mean? That means if you know God and you start feeding an addiction, you start going astray, you start doing all the wrong things, and you continue down that road of rebellion, God might just hand you over to that and to the consequences of that. Have you seen it before? I have. Where someone just goes off and, you know, they had a, a Christian testimony and something happened, and sadly, they 
they end up perishing by the sword. Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, consider carefully how you listen. And he said that right after he shared the parable of the sower or the soils. He compared the word of God to seed that a sower throws into the ground. And he, he gave three types of soil, remember? And he said only one soil was good and produced a crop. And right after he shared that parable, he said these words, be careful how you listen. See, this is what Elihu is telling Job. Job is a good man, but he's lost his way. He says in 13, Job 36, the godless in heart lay up anger. They do not cry for help when he binds them. They die in youth and their life perishes among the cult prostitutes. After wasting their lives in immoral living, the New Living Translation says, some um, sadly here in verse 14, in their youth perish. And here there's a, uh, a comment or a, a reference to cult prostitution which, you know, in my notes, I just put some end up in extreme sexual sin and God gives them over to it and there's the potential of perishing to it. Scary thought. And let me park here just to say that if it weren't for the grace of God in my life, uh, we all know that uh, Paul told Timothy to flee from youthful lusts well, if the Lord would have allowed me to taste the full consequences of some of my decisions back then, I wouldn't be standing here. Because I spent a decent amount of years uh, chasing that stuff and doing dumb things. And I'll just say, by the grace of God, go I. It's only by the grace of God that this didn't happen to many of us. And so here the godless in heart lay up anger. They, instead of crying out to God, they just keep going down, 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 down in their sin. And that's a, that's a tough place to be. And let me just uh, throw some grace on this by telling you that often what comes to mind when I see verses like this is the story of the prodigal. And when the father just says, if that's what you want, go. And he lets him go. And the prodigal wastes all of his money on riotous living, right? And he's, he ends up destitute in a pig pen, longing to eat the food that the pigs eat. And then he has a moment where what happens? He comes to his senses. And then he returns to his father. Elihu reaffirms that God's purpose in using discipline and even pain is to turn the afflicted through their affliction. That is, to turn them back to God in their affliction. To lead them back to God's purpose for their lives, which is in Ephesians 2.10, which is to walk in the good works that God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. So sometimes somebody goes off and they're a disaster, and they may have prayed a sinner's prayer at a uh, youth camp or 
you know, got saved somewhere along the way and they've left the father's house and they've gone off on their own and sometimes we have to be in the very pig pen before we come to our senses. And then we have to look back and say, well, thank God that he got my attention that way so I didn't waste my life and I could use it in service of the king. This is Elihu's message to Job. He says, NIV says, he, God, is wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction, to the comfort of your table laden with choice food. He, if you have the New American Standard, enticed you from the mouth of distress. God is calling you back from the jaws of distress, from a narrow place to a broad place of freedom. Sin seems so enticing until you get there and it begins to squeeze you more and more and more and more. We've heard the stories of famous people who got addicted to a substance and they were locked in a room, just themselves and their pipe. And, and it started innocently enough, if I could put it that way, oh, just try a little you know, recreational use, this or that. And then they were in a tight place. Some of you remember the story of Richard Pryor actually lit himself on fire, laying in a hospital bed. He said, my thought was not to call Bank of America, but to cry out to God. This is what God does. But you were full of judgment on the wicked, 17. Judgment and justice take hold of you. But now... NIV 17, you are laden with judgment due to the wicked, do the wicked. Judgment and justice have taken hold of you. A little tough to interpret this verse, but he may be saying that Job, you've become full of judgment instead of full of God. And the judgment may possibly be Job's judgment of God. See, Elihu believes that God is mercifully grabbing hold of Job to bring him back. But Job has moved from a place where he worshiped God even in his suffering to now every other sentence is some way to blame God. And he's become full of judgment that the wicked constantly are shaking their fist at God. And if this interpretation is right, Elihu may be saying, Job, you're doing the same thing that wicked people do. And you were the most righteous man in the East. And now you've descended to this place. He is to heed the message and not to be enticed to scoff at God, but to be full of God, full of blessing for us, full of the Holy Spirit, not drunk with wine, but full of the Spirit. God is offering Job a great gift and luring him back to freedom. Beware, 18, lest wrath entice you to scoffing, Do not let the greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Will your riches keep you from distress or all the forces of your strength? Do not long for the night when people vanish in their place. If you would write this down, 721, 10, 18 through 22, and 17, 13 through 16. Each of these sections are Job basically saying, I want to die. And Elihu says to Job, don't long for the night. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And if this interpretation is right, Elihu may be saying, Job, you're doing the same thing that wicked people do. And you were the most righteous man in the East. And now you've descended to this place. He is to heed the message and not to be enticed to scoff at God, but to be full of God, full of blessing for us, full of the Holy Spirit, not drunk with wine, but full of the Spirit. God is offering Job a great gift and luring him back to freedom. Beware, 18, lest wrath entice you to scoffing. Do not let the greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Will your riches keep you from distress or all the forces of your strength? Do not long for the night when people vanish in their place. If you would write this down, 721, 10, 18 through 22, and 17, 13 through 16. Each of these sections are Job basically saying, I want to die. And Elihu says to Job, Don't long for the night. Don't long for a premature death. Learn from the suffering. Don't check out. Oh, how many people are in suffering and and look, brethren, we this this is this is said with the deepest of compassion. But how many people in their suffering come to that point, right? Well, maybe I, I, sh- I shouldn't live anymore. What do I have to live for? If this is the way it's going to be, maybe I should just take my life. Please don't listen to that lie. It's, it's a very real temptation for many, many people to come to that point where suffering has so squeezed their life that they think, well, that's what I got to do now. But that's not the answer. He says, be careful. Do not turn to evil, for you've preferred this to affliction. Don't blame God. Turn to him, Job. 
Remember, this is the second to the last chapter before God speaks, so we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has appointed him his way? And who has said, thou hast done no wrong, or thou hast done wrong? Remember that you should exalt his work of which men have sung. All men have seen it. Man beholds from afar. God is exalted in what he created. He is the ultimate instructor and often his instruction comes through the refiner's fire. Elihu is bringing the life-changing truth that Job knew and practiced at the beginning of his trial. Please hear what I'm about to say. But he has lost his way. See, oftentimes when truth comes into our life, the most important truths are not new truths that we've never heard before, but ones that we used to practice and somehow got away from through sometimes just a slow, methodical slide, you know, not an overnight thing, but just an incremental loosening, uh, you know, kind of little compromises. And then what we used to stand for so strongly Even when people may have said you have the right to shake your fist at God, now we've completely lost our way. And Elihu's saying to Job, Job, look again at his work. Remember that you should exalt his work, Job. He gives songs in the night. We saw that in the previous chapter. Job, why don't you remember his work 24, of which men have sung All men have seen it. Man beholds from afar. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know that Jesus was quoting a song? Psalm 22. In the Philippian jail, Paul and Silas We're singing hymns at midnight and the prison shook and the chains came off and the Philippian jailer trembling after he thought he lost the prisoners and Paul says, no, we're all here. Don't do yourself no harm. And he says, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. How could you be in stocks probably spread out as far as you could be with your legs and clamped in, having just been beaten by rods and singing hymns at midnight? Come on. Really? Is that just a story? Has God ever put a song in your heart in the midst of suffering? And you're like, who could sing at a time like this? (laughs) And then it comes to you. And Jesus from the cross quotes a song. Do you know that Jesus, right after he instituted the Last Supper, sang a hymn with his disciples? Do you know that the Bible says that one day our God will sing over us? What do you think that's going to be like? He is exalted. Behold, God is exalted. 26, we're winding it down. And we do not know him. The number of his years is unsearchable. 
Look again, Job, he's above and beyond time. An illustration uh, Paul is going to teach us next Wednesday and he will pick up on this. For he, he gives an illustration now from the process of evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. A bit mysterious, especially to the ancient mind. It results in a fierce thunderstorm. Read it with me. It says, for he draws upon the drops of water, they distill rain from the mist, 28. Which the clouds pour down, they drip upon man abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he spreads his lightning about him and he covers the depths of the sea. For by these he judges peoples, he gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. Its noise declares his presence. The cattle also concerning what is coming up. Elihu meditates on the phenomenon of a raging thunderstorm. In it is God's power and provision. It's mysterious and yet it's a supply of water. God rides the clouds. Listen to this description. When the clouds gather, as it were, with God riding them like a chariot, we're to picture God zapping the earth and the sea with fierce shafts of lightning so bright that they expose even the roots and depths of the sea, verse 30, symbolizing the most remote and dangerous corners of creation. It's an amazing picture. And the picture is preparing Job to hear directly from the Lord. See, when God begins to talk to Job, he's going to say to Job, where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? Oh, you, I know you got questions, but let me remind you of who I am. I am exalted. I am God, and I do love you, and I am working, and I'm gonna restore everything back to you. Then there's a deeper purpose even for your suffering that you can't see, and that is that it's gonna foreshadow the cross of my son. Oh, Lord, be exalted over my problems. Oh, Lord, be exalted over my complaining. At this, my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen closely to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that goes out from his mouth. You've been listening to He is Exalted, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 36. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, the bottom line is that we want God to be exalted in every area of our lives. And exalted, another word to put on that is glorified. Lord, I want you to be glorified in my life. 
my actions, and all that I do. And I think that was Job's deep, deep desire, even though he was going through the whirlwind. And speaking of a whirlwind, God is about to answer Job, starting in chapter 38. You might be saying, well, what are we in for there, Pastor Michael? Well, what we're in for is God puts Job on the stand now and asks him 77 questions, and Job really doesn't have an answer. Most of those questions have to do with where were you when this happened? Where were you when that happened? And what that means is that God is saying, I'm God, you're not. I want you to trust me. And I don't think God is just trying to be coy with Job. I think he's saying to Job, I'm God. I'm on the throne. I've got this. I want you to trust me. I think that's what God is doing largely with the chapters ahead of us. And finally, we're going to get to hear from the Lord instead of everybody who thinks they're right. And, you know, there's a lot of voices talking today, but there's only one voice who's always right, and that's God. And so make sure you tune in and tell a friend, hey, I've been listening to the book of Job on Walk in Truth, and God's about to speak, and we're going to want to hear what God has to say. Amen? And (laughs) this is some rich stuff. So stay tuned. Hey, join us tomorrow. Tell a friend, and we'll catch you right here. And don't forget, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24, called The Lord Answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.